Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the 114th episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. And we got a special one this week. Um, This week's episode features Jay from Just Say Words. And the topic that we're discussing is redefining the image of the black man. And so this is actually a three-part series that we are going to be doing here on The Awakened Soul. The first guest is Jay. Now, these three episodes are not going to be in succession. So next week will not be Redefining the Black Male Part 2, but they will be coming. So I've actually really had this whole... For some reason, the number three has really been on like my mind and and my heart and my spirit. Um, So all these series that I'm doing are actually going to be trilogies. So for here on The Awakened Soul, uh, we'll be doing... um, the deconstruction of transphobia will be a three part series. Part number one is already re- released. So go and check that out. Uh, but that will be doing two more uh, parts of that. And then also uh, redefining the black man will also be a three part series. This is part one. Look out for parts two and three. I already have the guests for part two, um, which, which will be John uh, from the John effect and the panel podcast. Um, and so the whole goal behind these three series is really taking a look at some of the stereotypes of the black male, some of the traumas of the black male, some of the, uh, the mindsets of the black male and deconstructing them, um, and changing the narrative on what the black male is. Um, and I said it when I tweeted out the little teaser, uh, for this episode that black men are typically described as criminals, cheaters, abusers, um, public enemy, number one, amidst other things thugs and so what we really want to do with this series is we want to pull back and we want to really take a look at the psyche of the black man and what goes on and not just the positive we want to take a look at our positives our negatives our room for growth our our lack of understanding of the opposite sex we're going to really over the course of this series be looking at the totality of the black male and really uh, hopefully breaking some change around here. So um, with no further ado, there will be no In the Mind of Hayes segment. Uh, we're going to get into um, our intro music. And then after that, it's going to be a conversation with me and Jay from Just Say Words. AJ, take it away. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Jay from Just Say Words in the building. This has been someone who I've been wanting to to have on on a podcast for so long. And I think I cracked the topic. I can't wait till we get into these topics. But uh, you guys all know. What's going on, Jay? What's happening, man? What's happening? How's everybody doing? Uh, uh, be great. Be good to each other. Hopefully, we're going to have a dope show. I'm oh. excited to be here. Yeah, it's just definitely. So you kind of already got into it, like the start of the Pod Dealers Network. That was kind of the first thing that I have for you. Um, I also want to ask, like, what's your vision for it? And I think that I want to make sure that I like this because I have the Breaks Media Network mm-hmm. and you have the Pod Dealers Network. Like, the, there's that word network. People will automatically assume, like, we're competition. And it's not like yeah. that at all. This is a brotherhood. Nah. But so tell us about the Pod Dealers Network. So Pod Dealers started uh, as an idea at first. Um it really wanted to be a space where I knew people in the community who wanted to be on big networks. Like we all strive to be on loudspeakers or go to Gimlet and tell our story or 
BuzzFeed when they were doing podcasts and stuff like that. And for some reason, I just felt like that's not even obtainable. Um, I had seen all these boot camps come give us an idea and maybe you'll get to host your show. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, well, I had always wanted to create shows too, maybe even for other people to host. So we started, you know, reaching out to other shows that were dope um, just to kind of see where they were at. We're doing a lot of digital analytics as well. So I had been to so many classes where they explain, like, how do you break in the new and noteworthy, uh, how you essentially, like, work the algorithm for iTunes across the world, not necessarily the USA charts, but, like, the Germany charts and all that other stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. So I started learning how um, how to do it for my podcast. But the thing I started doing was watching other people the way they podcast. So I could spot some of the deficiencies. Like, the content would be really good, but they weren't being that good at marketing or, like, the promotion wasn't that good. Um or it'd be the other thing, like their show wasn't structured and nobody, you know, nobody on the campus going to tell them, hey, man, like y'all just kind of be all over the place. Exactly. Like sometimes yeah. it's really good, but sometimes it's like, hey, man, look, maybe if you broke this up into segments. And I think I learned a lot of that through trial and error with this show. Like I remember talking straight up and just running through topics and then breaking it down and then realizing I couldn't do like 40 minutes of straight talking. Yeah. Uh, and there are some people who can do it. Like I've listened to you. I've listened to uh Sid, I've listened to uh my homie over there, Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Like you can just talk straight up and go through the thing. Like I can't do it. I can give you a 10 minute hard topic. We're gonna we're gonna switch uh we're gonna switch gears and then get into it. So uh, with pod dealers, we also wanted to do more for the community. I watch what other people do in in their city and their states and stuff and I'm like, damn, I really want that it's not a I'm not a Virginia native, but like I don't understand why podcasting can't be big here either. That's dope. And it- it's funny you you say you like you mentioned me. My thing is I had to work up to that, bro. Like I I did not have that when I first started my show. Every thought was its own segment because I could not do it, man, at yeah. all. Um, but yeah, I th- I think too is like for me the difficulty at first was knowing how to present to pe- people like, hey, if you change this, because it's like you don't want to come to that person and be like, you know, if you mix this up and then take it the wrong way. So mm-hmm. I think like for me it had it it came more naturally as my status of, of like the awakened soul grew and grew and grew and people were more open to it. But yeah. like I was a podcast listener for 10 years before I was a podcaster. You feel me? I, sure, I used to work yeah. overnight at a hospital and I used to listen to podcasts and this is when it was like 20 on on iTunes. So like mm, that, yeah. that that's how I got in. So it's like, I, I, I think of things from a listener standpoint first, that's, that's how I try <laughs> to attack it. And some people just aren't open to some people really are just locked into what they think is right. And they're not really open to change. And that it's like, you have something here, just tweak a couple of things. You, it, it'll be bigger than what it is. Yeah. I think that was a lot of what happened to me um, in the beginning. Like the way we started out in the beginning with just say words was like you said, it wasn't a whole bunch of black podcasts. I think there maybe might've been like a handful. Um, and I listened to those, but it was stuff that I saw, um, I think it was like game scoop or something. Like we were really into video games and like, and I was like, yo, I'm really into video games, but like y'all never talk about like what it means, um, to have a black character or what it means to like have somebody tell a true black story, um, or from that perspective. And I was like, yeah, why can't we just create that? And that's originally what just say words was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the black game scoop. Oh wow. But like, but we, like I said, like we, things kind of switched up and then it was just me. And so it was all over the place. Each episode was kind of something different. We talked about movies one week. We talked about, you know, my personal experiences. Um, so it's been all over the place. So I think, and I think that's the part of podcasting that people don't talk about enough. Like if you've been podcasting for some years, you definitely should be like commending the person that you listen to, like, yo, their growth. Cause I know like, I don't think the same way I used to think from when I first started podcasting, you yeah. get up here and be reckless. And I'm, and I think, um, when I see people tweet like that, like, man, y'all be out here podcasting and y'all not being yourselves and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, maybe that person's still growing. I don't want to be like, everybody's not a Charlemagne where you're trying to be like, I got to say the most controversial thing first thing in the morning. Like, yeah. you just got to be like, oh, man, I don't know. I'm wild right now. But in like a year, you might be like, you know, what? I was tripping. I don't know what I was on. That's something that in the culture is like, people don't, we don't look, give people the room to grow anymore or change. It's like, if you give an idea, you, you're penciled into just have, keeping that idea the rest of your life. And it's like, we should, when has life ever worked that way? Uh, only since <laughs> whenever your Twitter came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, this cancer culture shit is wild, bro. Um, 
What's been you, you mentioned it before, you've you've been around for a while, you've peeped the scene. What's been the wildest thing you've seen in like the podcast escape? Um, it's all mainly been positive. I mean, I haven't yeah. seen anything too insane. I think the people who went from like I have a podcast to getting a TV show, I think that's wild. Yeah. That's what I was going to like. Mine is that's the craziest thing. Mine, mine is horrible. The growth of horrible decisions was like this, like oh, literally sure. happened in a in a a blink of an eye. Like they were at first, they were the the new podcast on loudspeakers that it was like some people knew about or like a, a group of people knew about. You talked about it, and then all of a sudden, it was like everybody in the world knows about horrible decisions. Mm-hmm. For sure, no, I definitely feel the same way. I think. I remember I didn't follow Mandy, but she kept popping up on my Instagram feed. And I remember it was like a bunch of people that I follow went to their live show. I think like her mom was there or something. And then like, like you said, like two weeks later, it was like, yo, we're going to loudspeakers. And then maybe like two months later, she's like, I'm quitting my job and I'm podcasting full time. Like this is what I'm doing. And I was like, holy shit. Like, and then that's the thing that to me, like inspires me where I'm like, damn, yo, there could be somebody out there who has, like, not necessarily in the same lane, but more or less, like, yo, I got a story to tell. I got, you know, I'm really interested. I can interview really well. Whatever that is, like, there are tons of people who who have talents that I think they're just pigeonholed by based on, like, the way they were kind of brought up. Like, just go get you a good nine-to-five, sit down, keep your head down, work really hard. But I'm like, damn, man, what about the creative side? Like, what else? Yeah. There's got to be more. There's got to be more than this, right? Do you do you start feeling like as, as, you, as you've grown as a creative, do you feel like less less and less engaged into your nine to five um so yeah but <laughs> here's the here's the thing so as of i just like finally got to a good place of like saying this as of like a few months ago i've been working solely on pie dealers i haven't had a job in like four months oh that's what's up <laughs> so uh, so day in and day out of doing like pod dealers has been, has been different opposed to like going to my job. So I remember, I think I had tweeted this. I was like, I remember sitting at my desk and being like, I just want to go record. And then, All the time. <laughs> yeah, like I just want to go record or like, damn, man, I got to get home and I got to edit some shit. Um, and it just so happened, you know, like the job, everything kind of lined up. Like pod dealers was getting bigger in the community. And they were also doing batch like layoffs. And so they were like, we can move you around and you can still keep your job. And I was like, what that severance package looking like? <laughs> so, so they was like, uh, you know, they gave me the severance package and I was like, all right, cool. Um, not only that, I mean, like I have a web development and a digital analytics background. So tech stuff is always going to be, it's always going to be available. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've definitely ran into that space of like, damn, I don't want to, I would rather quit or I'd rather leave because I want to go do podcasting or I want to do creative stuff or a topic will pop up and I need to go, I feel like I need to go find somebody and do that. So a lot of times I think the biggest part that bothered my nine to five is I would constantly be texting uh, or emailing somebody from my phone and they would be like, hey, like, you know, you're in the, you're in the middle of a call. They're not talking to me on a fucking call, man. Like, <laughs> like, leave me alone, dog. Like, let me just, let me get these tweets off or whatever. But, um, I definitely think it does. I would love to hear from more people. Like, how do they do? Like, how do you function with that? Like, I think about the people who write all the time yeah. or like, even if your pop culture or some shit pop off at work and you're like, yo, I need to talk about this soon. Cause that's a life where you live. Like everything is essentially on the shot clock. Exactly. Like we need to talk about this, or <laughs> or we're gonna miss it. And, that, and that's like the YouTuber's life. Like people who have quit and been able to do YouTube full time, they got to get that content out mm-hmm. before it's 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 dead. Um, with podcasting, we, we get a little bit more of a reprieve. People kind of wait a week for our next episode. They kind of understand it. But mm-hmm. even then, like I, I there's a Matty Mo is uh, the only podcaster I personally know that does a podcast every day of the week. Mm-hmm. And I he still works full time. I'm like, how do you do it? Like, where, where are you finding the time at, bro? It's wild. Yeah, it's intense. So shout out to him. I used to do that too, but not as much. <laughs> so I did it. So when I first got into podcasting and I started reading about podcasts, they said that you were supposed to give the listener an hour of content every, however long, whenever you drop. So every week. The thing about it was like, like we were talking about earlier, I didn't have the capacity to do that. So what I was doing was dropping, like breaking it down. So I would give like, four 15 minute episodes a week or like here's a you know whatever it was that got me to 60 minutes so it would be just like i just want to talk about one thing for eight minutes and another thing for 12 minutes like whatever that was that got me to an hour and then we would just put them out every day uh the thing was it wasn't kind of conducive to people because like if you miss two days like you're behind yeah. uh and even though this is it's a short podcast you still kind of like 
I don't know what episode he's on. That's how, like that's another reason why the number is up so high. So okay. now like I'm slowing down. Like I was just kind of laughing at that the other day. I was like, I worked really hard for three years to get like break 200 and do all this other stuff and like lap all these like plays and get like I'm big on getting my 10,000 hours out of the way yeah. for, like practice. And now I'm looking at like Joe Budden. And I'm like, damn, they've been doing it five years and they just kind of catching up to where I'm at. Like they're five episodes away from my number. That's wild. That's what's up. That this shows your your hard work, man. And that's one thing that nobody can take away from you, bro. You work hard as fuck. <laughs> like I be I, people say that about me, but I sit there and I watch and I'm like, this 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 nigga Jay is working. Like that's what's up, man. No, yeah, I think I think this is the same thing I tell like a lot of people. You can't teach work ethic and you can't teach comedic timing. That is <laughs> so fair. so those things, um, that's just it's just what it is, man. But I think a lot of us try to figure that out. And don't get me don't get me wrong, guys. I do work hard, but I also use the cheat code. So uh, I use like Hootsuite. <laughs> I use a bunch oh, yeah. of like yeah. yeah, I use a bunch of shit to like tweet for me. I'm not really around. I'll be sleeping in some days. <laughs> yeah, I I just recently started doing it too. So fuck. I mean, you got to though. Once you get to a certain point, you you kind of have to. Um, yeah. And I'll tell I'll uh, inside tweet. I mean, uh, tip to people: buy the premium version of some apps. It's definitely worth it. That's all I say. That's all I say. You can't get everything free. Uh, but before, last thing before we get into the actual topics that we have today, I said I put on here that I have an icebreaker surprise question for you. I didn't want mm-hmm. you to prepare for it. I kind of want this one to come off the cuff. You ready? I'm ready. What's as we know, celebrities. Have kind of have broken into pot. They realize the value in podcasting. But what celebrity podcast to you that you've listened to that is horrible? Um, Mark Marin. Ooh, Mark, that's a good one. Mark Marin's uh, WTF podcast is always in top rated. Mark Marin's podcast isn't that good. It's it's not that good. Uh, I started listening to it when he had Obama as a guest. I think it gets high praise because it gets a lot of downloads, but it's not conversational. He's also interviewing people that he kind of knows because he's in comedy and comedy writer and all that other stuff. The thing about it is those people never get to complete a thought. He talks over everybody. (laughs) So it sucks. And I hate it. So I'm just like, damn, that sucks that your podcast is popular and it's it's kind of shitty. Chris Hardwick's podcast, he's a celebrity. He's not not that good. Yeah, he's not. So basically, it's a lot of it's a lot of white dudes who don't make good podcasts. Yeah, Uh, that's true. That's true. So yeah. Uh, mine is uh, but it's I've honestly started coming around to it, but this is just the first one that came to mind. Nori, what is it? G- Drink Champs? Oh, yeah. I tried to spare Nori, but I, yeah, I'm listen. <laughs> as a, a, I, when he has a great interview, like the per, the person on the other side is doing great, like I can tune in, but he is so annoying to me as a host. It's ridiculous, man. Are we gonna acknowledge that his teeth are too big to interview too? That that too, that too, and then okay. he should have never cracked in the video. He repeats the same thing. Like, his interview with Rick Ross, Rick Ross did great. But he repeated the same question to Rick Ross like 15 times. I'm I like, couldn't bro, watch it. He, I he answered it. I tried to watch it on YouTube. I, I'm also a big person. I like people in the background. Like, it was funny when it first started. Yeah. Then when they blew up, I was like, so y'all going to keep doing the <laughs> motherfucking noise for uh, Rick Ross wearing a coat? And I was like, all right, I'm out. Peace. Yeah. Y'all enjoy yeah. yourselves. Yeah. Man, I, I, yeah, I don't understand it. But. Let's get into the topics for this week, man. Let's try to bring some mental change. So the topic, the overall topic, the, the title, I'm titling this Redefining the Image of the Black Man. Okay. What, what did you think when I first sent you that and you read that initially? So I think it's ba- breaking social norms. Um, I think a lot of what we talk uh, about lately and even on the Grow Bro podcast, uh, shout out to Baby Huey. We talk a, a lot about what we normally think men are supposed to do or men are supposed to be like versus what it's like now, whether it be talking about emotions or uh, feelings being hurt or even being thought, the way, like doing something that is toxic and you're thinking that is the only way. Uh, so that's what I initially thought of. I was like, damn, hey, he's, he's going. He's swinging for the fences <laughs> on, uh, with your boy. Oh, yeah, I'm going for it, man. I'm going for it. Uh, and we kind of I, I kind of evolved this this topic into some other stuff I had on here for you, but then I, it just became its own beast. So I uh, spun it off okay. to another episode I'm doing with BJ, which is going to okay. get... Yeah, that one's gonna be wild. Um, yeah, y'all gonna be uh, yeah, it's gonna be all over the place. Shout out to y'all. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> so this one, um, the first the first topic that we have here is balancing being vulnerable vulnerable with being viewed as sensitive. And so the first subsect of this is women often speak how about how black men are closed off emotionally, yet criticize a man who speaks out about their feelings. Where is the balance? What do you think about that? So I think 
that is a conversation that needs to happen between the genders. You don't necessarily have to be in a relationship, but you need to be somewhere where people are open and where they're open-minded in a way, mainly because I've heard people vent and they're venting, you know, things that I think are minute, right? You're just like, yo, this, I don't even know why you're tripping over this. And that's a lot of times what like <laughs> happens to, when being your dude. Yeah. If you, even if it's something you're just like, hey man, like I didn't like this or this motherfucker's tone was off, and you're like, damn, why are you tripping over that? I mean, it, we do it to men, at, like we, we do it to each other. Um, I think the perceived notion of you being strong is always a thing, and it's it's hard to separate from like what's the difference between complaining and an actual like something that's actually frustrating, right? So yeah. you know, if you get in the why you always leaving the toilet seat up, you're like, are is this a real complaint or is it just? Are you walk? Are you backing up in here? Are you moonwalking? <laughs> you moonwalking to the toilet? Like that's not my, <laughs> that's not my fault. Yeah. But yeah, I think we need to really have a conversation about where does genuine frustration come from versus like, all right, you're kind of whining, and it's okay to have that thing too. I think once you're vulnerable, you're automatically be, you automatically become defensive too. Like any critique is an attack, and that's not necessarily the same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. When like, <clears throat> when 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 did you? as a man start getting in touch with it, it's okay to be vulnerable because it took a long time for me so i'm always interested to see like where other people came mm, this might be fairly recent yeah it's not it's not a it's not something that i've always had i think a lot of my being or my, a lot of my trust being broken and not being able to like cry and stuff came from like my house like my pops went around and my mom grew up in a space where like even for women, like, crying and whining and shit was, like, frowned upon. Like, don't do that shit. So it's just kind of the way she raised us. Like, I, I talk to my brothers now. I love my brothers to death. We we haven't said I love you in a really long time. I said it on a group call, and they looked like it was, like, weird silence. Like, niggas ain't know what to do. <laughs> and we related. <laughs> like, they was like, uh, uh, have a good day. And I was like, all right, that's not, okay, that's fine. Um, being, being vulnerable now came through, like, therapy, came through, like, uh, honest discussions like with my mom and kind of stuff like that. Also, I've always had like a fair amount of trust issues. So like letting people in, letting people get close and stuff like that. I think it's something that I'm still, you know, working through. But yeah, it's a fa it's a fairly new thing of being like, eh, I'm not feeling it today. Or like, oh, that shit hurt my feelings. Yeah. I think I think for me it, it became like <clears throat> anyone who doesn't know my backstory, like I my, my pops was military, so it was like none of that shit. It was like you ain't got time to feel. You you get up and do what the fuck you gotta do. Um, mm -hmm. and my dad's a great father, but you know, I mean, he's, he was raised old school. He didn't, mm -hmm. we're the first generation, I think of men who really understand the importance of mental health for us as men. Mm -hmm. Um, so like he didn't understand that, but, uh, <clears throat> so I, I really, I honestly think the first time was like when my daughter was born, I cried. I didn't know why the fuck I cried and I don't ever cry, bro. And I mm -hmm. think at that point it was like. I, it, it just opened like the floodgates almost opened so to say like at that point it was like there's times now where i think about like like my grandmother passed my grandmother was the closest person ever to me mm -hmm. this was 16 years ago i'll think about her and start crying now and i and i and i'm not ashamed of that because that's yeah, how much she meant to me but it took it took it took that moment of my daughter being born and seeing her come out the womb when they pulled her out it was just like so much when as they pulled her out they pulled the emotion out of me that i didn't that i blocked off mm -hmm. for so long and at that point when it came, I wasn't afraid to be vulnerable anymore because you can't you you can't hurt me. So what? Something hurt my feelings. You you finna make me feel bad for it? Nah, you can't you can't scare me into not feeling that. Yeah, I think I think for me was when I had it was like after a session, a therapy session, and it was a lot of like my therapist being like, "There's a lot of things that you need to confront, probably like your mother and your father with." And um, I remember my mom had came down here to visit. This was like right before she retired. And so we was like sitting in the house, um, you know, and I'm talking to her. And I, and I just was like, all right, look, we got to get into it. It's like a Band-Aid, though. Like you got to, you know, we kind of starting to like, you know, you peel the bit and you're like, all right, this is the part where it's pulling the hair. Like, all right, come on. We just we gonna do it quick and we gonna be done with it. And so I, could, I remember like talking and being like, you know, I know you did the best you could with what you had trying to raise us boys do all this other stuff but it, it you know it kind of fucked me up the way i handle people and i remember like getting to that and like you know how you about you know you got that i'm about to cry feeling so yeah, yeah. your throat all dry you trying to you stuttering and shit and then dog i was I, I don't think i cried that hard in a minute and so we got through it and i think her main the thing her main takeaway was she was trying to figure out if i was saying that she was a bad mother and i was like that's not what i'm saying like 
what I'm saying is I understand why you raised us the way you did, but is it didn't end up being conducive to us being like men for real. Yeah. Um, kind of the same thing too. Um, I think the last time I saw my pops, for those of you who listened to the 121 days episode, like that was me finding out that my pops had died. But like, um, the last time I saw my pops was the last time I saw my pops. And so we spoke over a course of like two or three days and he, you know, he ended up apologizing and saying like, he knew he wasn't the best dad and addiction is a, is some other shit. So I couldn't really fault him for real. Mm-hmm. Um, you trying to be in the streets, but you also using, it was a whole bunch of shit going on. And I was like, look, man, I'm not faulting you for that. We turned out okay. But like, damn, there were times I needed you, fam. And he, you know, he apologized for that. And we didn't really cry or no shit. It was just kind of like, all right, we off of that. And then we went back to watching like football or something. That's crazy. But was that moment like, was as much as you guys like didn't cry about or anything, was just being able to say that enough of a release for you to where you let go of that? That resentment that you had? No, see, that's the thing. I never really resented my pops. Like, a lot of, I felt like we had kind of made it, like, everything that I learned about, like, hustling and working hard and, like, learning how to manufacture and generate funds, I learned that from my mom. So I never really had no, like, no, not necessarily no need for my pops. There was a lot of times that, like, I guess there was a lot of times I felt like I needed him because, but it was more like a comparison thing. Like I'm seeing other dudes play football with their dad or like, you okay. know, their dad coming to their game. So, you know, like I'm, yeah. I play basketball, but nobody showed up. My mom ain't into sports. <laughs> so <laughs> so she'll drop you off and be like, call me when the game over. Yeah. Um, So that kind of shit. But the thing that fucked up the whole like trip for me was when they told me my pops was in the hospital or whatever. I'm driving from Virginia Beach to Philly. And the whole time, I'm already, like, prepping in my brain. Like, y'all, I'm going to tell them, you know, damn, I wish you was a better dad and this, that, and this shit. Damn, I ain't seen my dad since I was, like, a fucking toddler or some shit. Like, I think the last time, not even a toddler. I think the last time I saw my dad was, like, eight or nine. And then I'm like, damn, I'm in my mid-30s now. <laughs> so damn. I'm about to show up here. And and I, this nigga ain't seen me with a beard or no shit. Like, I'm about to show up here <laughs> yeah. as a whole fully formed man. I walk in the room, it's Dr around the bed and shit uh, and they asking me like uh, can we help you and this my fucking dad sits up and goes oh that's my baby boy this whole plan of coming to tell him he ain't a good daddy we throw that shit out the window cause now I'm like oh shit I had no idea yeah. cause then he's like oh that's, that's my baby boy yeah come on in here and then we talking and chilling and laughing but I'm like I know I needed to get that off Um, and he, he was the one who initiated the like I want to rebuild a relationship and shit like that he just didn't you know he just didn't make it man that and see, it's it's stuff like that. You hear stories like that, and that's like what part of what's. Hey, yeah, I have, I've always had my dad around, but being a, the thing that makes me always want to be in my kid's life and active and like not miss mm-hmm. a moment is like I never want to be that person that's like, let's try to catch up for missed time because there's no ca- sure. there's no like it's that's not promise. I never want to miss a moment. I never want to be sitting around one day like, damn, let me call them because I may have missed that. No, that's not finna that's not that's not finna fly for me, fam. So I always I always have this question too and I ask this to like fathers and stuff. When y'all in the very beginning, did you find yourself doing stuff that you wished your father did for you? Or like either either one of your parents, like I see dudes sometimes being like, yo, I, I bought my kids all this and I'm doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, you took you took the the three month old to Disney World. Like I, <laughs> yeah. it's chill. Like that's dope. But damn, like Yeah, yeah. With my uh <laughs> with my first son, like he was not even walking. The dude had so many pairs of shoes, it was ridiculous. And my mom, one time, I remember my mom said to me, like, why are you buying this baby so many shoes? Like, they're not even, they don't tie. They're not real shoes. Why are you buying them so many shoes? And it was, yeah, it was it was trying to give that, like, because I remember times where it was like I wanted a pair, especially after my parents divorced, and it was just my mm-hmm. mama. There's times where I wanted shoes, and my mom was like, I just bought you a pair of shoes six months ago. You ain't getting shit else. It's like, all right, no, nah, we're we, we not going to fly with that in my house. So, like, yeah, I, um. So yeah, I, I, I overcompensated uh, a bit. I think I had a I had a great role model for a father. I think it was more mm-hmm. me trying to compensate for my mom. Me and my mom were never close until I got older, and so because of that, I tried to be my dad. Plus, I tried to be what I felt my, I was lacking in my relationship with my mom. Okay. And so because of that, I yeah I did the most. Uh, and like it's still the reason why I don't I don't well, I have good kids. I don't I've never had to really whoop my kids because. Mm-hmm. literally the look scares them enough for right now <laughs> when sure. that wears off I, we'll see how i adjust but yeah. like my mom beat me for everything like it was Dang. literally everything i remember one time she called she was in the room called me to come get the remote for her change the channel and i stopped off by the time i made it through her threshold of the door i was on the floor yeah and so because of stuff like that i'm like i ain't gonna whoop my kids so 
No, that makes sense. I definitely got I got whooped because I uh, was learning how to tell time, <laughs> and and I we had all the we didn't have any digital clocks in the house, and so I ain't know how to this analog shit was bullshit. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, I remember my mom trying to be like, what time is it? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, the little hand, you know, how you do as a kid, like the little hand on the eight and the big hand on, and that shit didn't fly. She wasn't. She was fucking pissed off, and then that brush that I was brushing my hair with I turned into some type of fucking weapon. See, but. And that's the thing that's funny now. Like, if you bring up them stories about getting your ass beat and shit like that, like, now your parents be like, I don't remember that. Exactly. And I'm like, that, exactly. No, that's, that's fucking trauma, fam. Yeah, yeah. Like, my mom was straight up one time, uh, I don't remember whooping you that much. And I'm looking at her like, you you would lie. Like, what do you yeah. mean? It's because you didn't whoop me. You beat my ass. Like, it wasn't no whooping, yeah. fam. So, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's why. Like, that's a whole nother podcast it can be is like parental trauma because we all got it whether you realize it or not we all got it um but uh the next question that that we kind of have i know we talked about you know being more in touch and being more vulnerable with our feelings my question is this why is being sensitive viewed as a negative anyway like why is it a negative to be sensitive i hate this overused term but it is toxic masculinity yeah yeah (laughs) it is it is and also too being sensitive is also like a market. Like you see people do that shit. Like, no, I really be thinking about like, uh, you know, why can't we cry more? And we should be hugging more. And then like, you see the tweets and shit go up, or like the Facebook quotes. What's the what's my nigga um who be shitting on uh Derek Jackson? That's that nigga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he be trying to like. No, see, this is a, this is what men really mean. Nah, nigga, nah, we said what we mean, Derek. No, you don't gotta <laughs> speak for us. Just chill out, fam. Uh, so yeah, but it's that shit. Like it, it's also capital too. Like you trying to, you playing, you find some people that play on the emotions of other people. Okay. Um, and sometimes empathy can also turn into currency, and that's the reason why people be like, nah, they trying to do some other shit. Yeah. Like they trying to be like overly sensitive. It's not that deep. Um, but even as men, like if we don't, we don't properly know how to communicate. All of us aren't good communicators. I know I'm not one. I'm not the best. Um, and so if I say something that hurts my feelings, then you have to overly explain. And then you overly explaining this thing. You're already vulnerable. You find yourself getting frustrated. And of course you, uh, that reverts right back into anger. There's never a point A and point B to being sensitive or being vulnerable or being open, like open to say like, damn, I, I wish that didn't happen to me or damn. I'm like, I, I wish I didn't say that, or this is a sensitive subject for me. It's kind of like, uh, I think something we're going to talk about probably later is like, even around men, if you say something hurts your feelings, that shit is an invite to get roasted. Like, yes. And that's, <laughs> like, that, that's the very next topic we got. Like, yeah. are we, are we detrimental to our own emotional health and growth in our brotherhoods, man? And yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because we also don't know how to console each other at all. Like for sure. Like if you hit me up, it'd be like, Jay, I'm just having a bad mental health day. I'm like, bitch, show sad ass up and come out outside and stop playing. Fuck, man. <laughs> like yeah. but I know I've been there, man. I've been there when like I see the tweets when people are just like, Yo, I'm not having a good mental health day. And I think this is the thing that I'm working with too. Like I don't really know how to I don't know if that person is asking for help. So I'm always kinda like sitting back watching, like, I don't really know if I should reach out to them or do whatever, but like and I hope they get over it. Yeah. Like, I don't really, like, I don't know what the next steps are because it's also the same thing. Like, then you look stupid trying to be like, hey, man, I'm here for you if you want to vent. Like, nigga, I don't know you. You're from the internet. <laughs> exactly. Like, nah. I'm like, oh, all right, well, my fault. And then in person, it's even kind of, like, more awkward because it's like, what am I going to do, hug you so then you can push me away? Like, it's like, what... Yeah. It's like what what do yeah. what do we do? And, I, and it's not even necessarily... It's not meant to be toxic, but like you said, we're not... we're Men generally... And I know women are going to run with this. We're not the level of, I'm not going to say we're bad. We're not the level of communicators women are. We communicate completely differently. And so because of that, it's like, we don't know how to deal with this shit. We, we don't know how to deal with it, man. Like if, yeah. if, 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 if my best friend came to me right now was sitting in front of me and he was like, yo man, I just, you know, I feel like, I feel like I ain't, I ain't did nothing right. And he starts crying. I'm going to be looking at him and not even in the sense that I don't want to support him. I don't know how to. Like, I really don't have the emotional growth, I guess, to to know how to deal with that. It's different when it's my kid. I'm going to hug my kid, kiss him on the head, and, and try to console him. I'm not doing that with no grown-ass man. No, same. For real. So the way, like, uh, for, the, for the women out there who are, like, I don't understand why. So the way when men get emotional, other men look at them the same way we used to look at TVs where the picture go out. Like, you know what it is? <laughs> 
when the picture go out of the you be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, exactly. You you go up to it, you start banging on it and shit. You're like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with this TV? Like, that's the way we be looking at each other, man. Like, I've been in places where, like, homies have said some shit and they crying, but I'm like, damn, I don't know if I'm supposed to hug this nigga, man. Like, um, you know, you petting him on the head and shit. Like, hey, all right, fam, I hope, I hope you make it through that. Uh... Because we're just not really taught to console each other, right? Yeah. And I don't care how long y'all been together, man. That could be your best friend. Y'all been through thick and thin and all the other shit. It's just some stuff you'll never experience. So y'all may never, you know, get to a point where you're that deep. But, I mean, I wish I wish we would. I mean, there's more things that I'm starting to find out now as far as, like, camaraderie with people in podcasting, camaraderie and people in the community. Um, just all these classes about, like, how we can console each other, all these classes about how we should be there for each other. And I think a lot of times... It's not a continuous thing um, for us. It's always we start over new. Like with men, it's a it's a new slate. Like me and you are having this conversation now, right? And we're gonna have this good conversation. And then maybe I text you or I speak to you later. We are gonna start right back over from scratch. It's gonna be, yeah. hey man, football started. What's up with the Bears, man? Oh man, what's going on with the Bulls, man? Oh man, you know I'm about to watch this Eagles game. But we are gonna go through all of that typical shit to real. Then we really get into the like. Exactly. So how you doing? How you been? Like what's your mind? Like we never get to pick up from the like, hey man, you know I really appreciate you for coming through and like holding me down on the episode or like you know just being out for me like. I'll give you a prime example. Matter of fact, me and you, I know we don't know each other that well, right? We're building that. Yeah. But like, I saw you tweet about your aunt, right? And I was like, I don't know. There's two ways for me to handle this. Hey, man, I, I hope you make it through that. Uh, or keep it strictly business and be like, hey, man, I'm going to reschedule the episode for you and I'm going to let you deal it, yeah. deal with it that way. Yeah. And so I was like, look, man, I'm going to just let you play it however you want to play it, man. But I'm sorry that happened. And I'm here if you want to chat. Like, I think I'm I'm still fairly new to that. Yeah, yeah, and I and I am too. Like my and I'll my brother uh, BJ, who I know, I know you 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 know very well as well. Uh, yep. He he's he's really like being as close as I am with him now. Like BJ's literally the only dude I ever know who literally would text text me and be like, "Hey, I'm just doing a mental health check in, bro. How you doing? How you feeling? What's going on?" And like having that experience with him is making me realize like how to do that with other people, like other family members, other, other people around me. Like BJ is honestly one of the most emotionally, uh, well-developed men. I've, I've, I've no period. He's very in touch with this. Like he will openly admit he's sensitive and that's mm-hmm. fine. Like he, like it's not in a way to gain sympathy is in a way just self-reflective of how he knows he processes stuff. And then being around him, I'm starting to realize like, all right, I'm starting to pick up on some of those attributes in a positive way it's helping me develop as a person so yeah for sure and i think that's the thing i think a lot of times um i don't know if we're gonna get to that in the next thing but a lot of times the way men treat emotions is the same way we treat (sighs) all right so the way i i said this in another conversation the way we should treat emotions is the same way we should treat like water like bodies of water so a lot of times like when you go to the beach right the waves are just kind of coming and going and everything's cool but ideally what happens is people end up building up a wall you know, you're trying to keep yourself away. You're building like a sandcastle or some type of sand wall to keep the water out. But what happens is you never let those emotions in and then the water essentially builds up. The wall breaks and you drown and then you don't kind of know how to handle it. You're in a fray. Ideally, what you should be doing is handling it like you're going to the beach with a surfboard. So when the emotions come, you essentially just lay down on your surfboard and ride the wave. That's dope. That's So... But we don't. We're not allowed to do that, right? Yeah. Like, you're not allowed. When you're sad, you got to get up. Like you said, you got a family. You got to get up. You got to go to work. You got. You ain't got time to sit around and be like, damn, it's, you know, I ain't feeling it today. Not even on no depression shit. Just, I, I don't want to go to work, man. I'm, I just would rather lay in the bed and kind of get my shit together. Um, and you don't. You never get that moment to ride the wave. And I think we're starting to see more people being like, I'm going to sit in this. I'm going to sit in this sadness, and it's going to be over with. It's going to be temporary. Like, you got to talk yourself through it. Yeah. Man, that's def- definite, definite, man. That was, that's a bar, bro. That's that's a bar. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, a- absolutely, man. Hey, guys, it's your girl, Beck Easy. Hi, everybody, it's your girl, Joanne. Hey, guys, it's Trell, and this is The, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat, where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. <laughs> so the next, the last set of topics that we have, this one is, uh, I titled it, Redefining Our Public Image. As black men, we're often depicted in media as public enemy number one. We're feared by mm-hmm. the white community and considered th- thugs by first glance. 
We are also feared by black women, sometimes due to the same strength that they seek in us for protection. What do you think about that? That was a uh, so that I, I went felt two ways about it. When you when we're doing the shit with the white people, I was like, no, you're right. And he was like talking about black women. I was like, I don't want no parts. Don't <laughs> no I don't want my mentions filled with people being like, oh, so what you think about us? I'm like, y'all are queens and have a great day. Uh, <laughs> Listen, BJ said it best on one of the episodes. I think it was the first Unruly Creatives episode. He said it said that some of our queens are hoes. But that I'm leaving that there. I'm just that's a quote. That's not me saying it. I'm, I'm quoting that. I'm leaving that there. But keep keep it moving. <laughs> oh my God. Uh you can't just drop it off in my lap that way. Like, oh the queens is hoes. Anyway, what do you think, Jay? Uh you know, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> so um and also, yeah, being a hoe is kind of cool. It's like that's—is that what y'all doing with that hot girl song? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What y'all I mean, doing. We, yeah, we've redefined it now. It's cool now, and that's fine. Yeah. You know what? I, I, like I said before, whatever you are, like seriously, whatever you are, whatever you do, if you own it, I can rock with you. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, I think yeah, I think I'm also I play that shit up for white folks. So that thug shit. Uh, I'm fairly tall. I'm a big dude. I'm not small by any means. Uh, I am. Uh, shout out to Sair, but I actually am on the hoodie season representer. I love wearing a good hoodie. Uh, so white folks tend to do that thing, or white folks will do this thing. They'll see me and they'll be like, Do you play for the Redskins? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I do not play for the Redskins. Uh, <laughs> but have you ever been strong armed, robbed in broad daylight? Uh, no, no. So that's the thing. I don't know, man. I, I think the thing about being considered as thugs is that's all pre-made shit through propaganda. I think some of the people, I've seen motherfuckers who look like strong-armed criminals, like, oh, this that nigga sell drugs. And it's just like, it's some engineer or that thing. I love talking to people. Um, and I think that's the thing that podcasting has brought to me is like talking to different people where I'm like, damn, I didn't know that dude was that smart. Or I didn't know this person was this engaging. Um, but also just from the looks of it, man, I think a lot of times one conversation can change everything. Um, kind of the same thing too. I don't really know what black women really want from us. I mean, it's a, I've had conversations with black women and it's a, it's a love hate relationship with us. And that's fine. Cause we deserve all of that. It's one yeah. thing. Like, I love you, but I know that you're dangerous. Um, I love you and I know that you're reckless, but I know that the world has it out for you. It's a thing where we watch black women get killed by black men and then they still continue to love us through being like, it's not a singular thing either. It's not just like, Oh, it's just this one black dude that's killed a black. It's, we, the murder of black women by black men and then them still being like, but I know some of y'all are still kings. Yeah. I know y'all are still, we still love y'all. Even through our bullshit. I think just now is the part where like everybody, especially as men, like they've been preaching that hold y'all each other accountable shit for years. And then we showed up with some like, oh shit, you know what we should do, dude? We should hold each other accountable. Yeah. (laughs) And they in the back like, nigga, we bit, you know what? Y'all got it. So, (laughs) so, so that's the thing. It's, it's that thing of like holding each other accountable, the love hate relationship. And they don't necessarily hate us. It's the thing of being like, I still want the best for y'all. I think if you go look at that, um, what was it? It was the Elliot Wilson and his wife. They was doing the thing, uh, like going back and asking questions about their, their marriage and their careers and stuff. And she said, the thing about it is with you, Elliot is like, I'm afraid for you. And she started naming all the black dudes in her family, like her nephew and son and all these other people. The day she was of like afraid for each day. That's the thing that I think about the most as us, like you said, walking out in the world and being thugs and, you know, we dre- we casually dress for work and you still getting profiled. Yeah. We out here, motherfuckers with whole casual suits on and shit. Being like, oh, now he's probably selling drugs. It, still getting profiled in cars. That. I don't get that. We have hoodies on, we're thugs. We dress yeah. well. We have on shirts and ties. We sell drugs. Like what? Yeah, same. I mean, listen. I saw somebody a couple of days ago get get pulled over in front of me. And they had a BMW. The dude was driving in uh, a tank top. They pulled him over, and I was like, "Damn, I know why they pulled you over. Yeah. You are you wearing a do rag and a white seven forty five with a tank top on? They going? I already know. They just think you don't. You're not supposed to have that. Yeah. Um. But the, the same thing. These strong attributes of not wanting to talk about it in the the conversation that I think uh, we don't have enough is like men talking to women about the weight of the world and from their perspectives, because everybody feels like we always, as we talked about on the episode with like with J-Dot, we out here doing the pain Olympics, like who got it worse every day? Who got it worse? And and I'm so tired of it. Like, and and I saw this infographic and maybe you saw it too. I think I saw it on Twitter. It was, it was a man 
hanging over a cliff, holding a woman's hand who was dangling off the cliff. Mm -hmm. And so the man on top of the cliff had a boulder on his legs. The woman at the bottom of the cliff, a snake was biting her stomach. And it was meant to it was meant to depict that women can't see the pressure that are that is on men and men mm. can't understand the pain that women go through. And we mm. we so busy trying to measure who has it worse and we, and we don't give each other perspective so that we can we can try to understand where the others coming from. It's just, oh, no, you don't understand. I got it worse because of this. And we, we, we we've lost that ability or that desire to truly understand what the opposite sex goes through. And we focus mm-hmm. more on trying to force them to, uh, to, to force them to see, Oh no, I got it worse than you. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I, I think I, that's why I really stopped talking about it. I mean, of course there's no court system that's telling me I can't conceive and shit like that. Like people making decisions for my body and stuff like that. So yeah. I absolutely understand where, where they're coming from on that aspect, but I would love to have a conversation. My thing is I'm not coming to you saying that my pain is greater than yours or your pain is less than mine. Like I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, we going through some shit and this affects me physically. The str- like stress does shit to your body. Like yeah. your, your mind's not right. All that other stuff. So maybe I can't care about you or not necessarily saying I can't care about you, but like my priorities are fucked up because of all this other shit that's going on. And I would love to have the conversation to be like, this is how the world treats me and you don't see it. And this, this, and this, and I, and they're judging me because of my hair and they're judging me because of this thing. And they asking me about my language and shit like that. Like I've been in offices where there's not a lot of black folks and I watch black folks, especially black women just kind of conform. And I'll be like, yo, and that's fucked up. Or I'll give you a prime example. This lady was leaving to go on vacation and like typical, like cute black girls, right? She went and got her braids done because, you know, protective styling and shit. And this white lady came in and she was like, oh my God, I've never seen hair like that before. And ran over to her and ran her fingers through her fucking hair. No bullshit. We sitting in the office and I'm like, what the fuck? And I could see in her face that she like, I want to snap and tell this bitch don't touch me and all that other shit. And then the lady walked off and was like, oh, did you see does she, the white lady? Did you see such and such as hair? So I walked over to her and I was like, damn, yo, I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's that's whack. And she was like kind of like disheveled in a way. Like she just was looking at me like, I don't, man, whatever, whatever the fuck. Like I'm about to go on vacation tomorrow. But I'm like, that's the thing where I'm like, damn, that'll never happen to me. Like nobody ever does that. I mean, they do that at the office party. Like, you know, you, you've been there where people try to touch your beard and shit. Yeah, You're like, yo, get the fuck out of here. Get back up now but like <laughs> this shit will happen and you be like damn but it's never it's never as degrading or like make it, make a spectacle of in that way and so i think about that particular instance a lot when i'm having conversations with women about what they're going through and how they're feeling that's that's a word bro like in in yeah, we'll, we 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 will never understand something like that, and I think that what you did in that in that in that instance is how we need how a lot of us need to react, like support our sisters, and we don't do that sometimes because we're we're fearful of coming off a way that we don't intend. Mm-hmm. But I think like at, at the end of the day, support is support, and I think we need to be more about that. If more of us was like that, it wouldn't seem like such a shock to people when they get that type of support. Luckily, she responded well to you, but like there are some people who wouldn't have responded as well. They may have lashed out at you because of what they went through rather than understand that you're trying to be supportive in that moment. Yeah, for sure. Well, next question. Uh, Ooh, this one. How do we balance making the people around us feel safe while also being ourselves? That, 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 that not overly aggressive, but black men, we naturally carry ourselves with power. I honestly think that. And Mm so sometimes that power can put people in fearful spaces, especially depending on if they had something traumatic go through them. So how do you be still be that powerful black man that you are while still making the people around you who don't necessarily know you feel safe? Or do you think it's not even your job to make the motherfuckers feel safe? Your first thing you do first is beat somebody up on camera. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, don't do that. Um, but yeah, that's it, man. Like, I think it's really the tone of your voice. I okay. think just like you said, like being a parent, you got that thing. It's a switching you that it'd be like, this is the tone that lets people know that I'm not playing. Um, and it does two things. It does that thing for women who are interested and women who are in your circle to be like, oh, no, he means that shit versus to the other person it strikes fear in them. Um, that is that thing where you can be like, now we can go about this. Like if you, especially people who, men specifically in podcasting, do this there's different tones that you use when you're trying to convey different stories yeah 
Right. And different messages. Right. So ideally, you know you, what notes you need to hit where you're just like, I'm going to let y'all know that if I don't receive the money on this day, there won't be an office for you to return to. <laughs> <laughs> so per my last the, email. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but so, like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to ask again. So that that thing. Tends to tends to work out, um, but like you said, like even showing up, man, I've I've been in places where people are intimidated, and I haven't said a word, and I'm not paying them any attention. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I, they're like, damn, man, you know, you didn't you didn't look approachable, man. Like you was about to fuck somebody up, and I'm like, I ain't, I've literally been standing over in this corner laughing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what type of shit y'all are into, but nah, I have no idea why y'all feel that way. Um, I think the way we make other people feel safe is like through our actions, man. I think it's a lot of, I think a lot of what we are already stereotyped in are positive things, right? Like, so yeah. to be providers, to be protectors, that's going to come naturally. That's, that's, that's muscle memory. That, it ain't going to do nothing. I, I'm always surprised when I see these videos of like things happening to women and I see dudes kind of standing around. I'm like, damn, you ain't like, yeah. you didn't even act like you was going to step in. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand that at all, man. Um, and that, no, don't be wrong. I'm not the biggest, like, let's run over here and just start diving on people. <laughs> but I'm also like, wait, so y'all was, y'all watched them set up for the fight. Even this new shit, the new nasty shit that I don't like, the pushing chicks in the pool. Yeah. I don't like none of that shit. Yeah, I don't either. That, that, so nah, I, I don't nah, like none nah. of this shit that they got going on, fam. I don't know what this shit is about. Like, it's hard for me to watch. Even when I see it, I'm like, damn, I don't understand how y'all get down. Like, but I think that's um that's the provide like the, not the provider, but that's the protector in me being like, damn, yo, why y'all doing that? Like, you got to check the dudes and all types of shit. So I'm I just think it's already like ingrained in us to do that i don't know uh no like uh, as far as steps that we need to take to do that um to really showcase it but i think that's it's a, to each your own type thing too yeah see and, and the reason why i put that question on there for you because i knew i from listening to you i felt you would have a different answer than me because my answer is fucking people like honestly and that's not even like in a disrespectful <laughs> way but at the end of yeah. the day like and <laughs> I get on I get get on about this all the time. It's like me, I have a very strong I'm worried about me. I'm worried about my mm-hmm. family. I'm worried about my kids. Like that, that I'm I'm worried about those things. If you're not that those people in the in their circle, I can almost yeah. give two fucks about how you feel. Now, yeah. with that being said, I still try to nowadays as I'm getting older, I try to mind how I interact with people that are like it used to be if I'm in checking out in the grocery store, don't talk to me. Get my money, run my card, give me my stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting out of here. Now yeah. I'll make a little conversation with people. Now I'll I'll make a little small talk because at the end of the day, like I'm still I am a friendly person. I may not mm-hmm. be as outgoing as some people, but I'm overall a friendly person. So I try to I try to do that, but still, and I'm growing from it now. But my mindset usually is, especially if you don't know me and you feel some type of way about how I'm either standing, how I how I said something. I don't give a damn, but I'm trying to get better with it. Yeah, I think a lot of times, too. But do you think that that's based on the service industry? Because I notice a lot of people have that, like, I don't give a shit what's going on. Like, fuck that. We in the supermarket. We at a restaurant. <laughs> but I'm like, damn, man, the waiter's got to go through it. Yeah. Uh, I always wonder what that's like. Because I think about it more like I've been in parties. Like, we all kind of show up here and some shit break out. And then it's kind of like a free-for-all. Um, like you said, they're, they're not immediate family. They're not people that I necessarily care about. But I'm also, I've been working on that too. Where you kind of like, hey, I'm trying to be friendly. I crack a little joke with the cashier yeah, or some exactly, shit like that. Yeah. But like... um for those of you that know me, I'm also into like the really interesting t-shirt game. So I always got like a wild t-shirt on. So people make comments about that. Um, that's the other, the only thing about that too, about like fuck them people is because sometimes they over, like they want to be over friendly. Now you got to hold me up. Yes. Yeah, and you're like, Oh see. yeah, I want to talk about your t-shirt. See, no. Oh man, that's thing. Nah. doing some shit. And I'm like, Hey fam, wrap the sandwich. I up. hate small talk, bro. <laughs> and maybe, and maybe that's what is, what is really rooted in is I hate, I hate small talk with a passion. There's only so okay. much. Like, how's the weather? It's good. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to go into it rain three times last week. I don't care. It's cool now. Like, I don't. I, we ain't gotta have a, a three minute conversation about the rain, bro. It's raining. No, it's that's cool. Fair. Yeah. Okay. But so, I, and I'm coming. And being like a podcast and talking more, kind of as my profession, because I do this so much. I'm like I said, I'm coming out of it honestly. But yeah, like three, four years ago, it was bad. Like I would seriously look at people dead in their face. They'd be like. Oh, well, how's your day doing? Good. Don't ask me nothing else. Like that that's it. You got what you need. Like don't ask me nothing else. No, that's fair. That's fair. I respect that. <laughs> All right. 
last question that we have for the night before we go, man. Uh, and this goes back to something you said earlier. It's about accountability. How do we motivate and hold our brothers accountable for not only their actions, but how perception of the public can affect them? So basically my thought behind that is, is like, how do we keep our 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 brothers, our, our, the, the people under us, the people that are learning from us, the people around us that we care about, to realize that the perception that they give off, the perception that people have of them can affect them. It can affect them in their career. It can affect them in their extracurriculars. It can affect them in networking and building a business and a brand. How do we make people more aware and accountable of that? Um, Through networking and mentorship, I think I, I wish I would have had a mentor in my career. I wish I would have had a mentor in my community. Um, I, w- I think about this a lot. Uh, even with BJ, like I wish I had somebody who was a, a, as emotionally intelligent as BJ when I was young. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of like trials and tribulations that I probably could have skipped had I had conversations about about that. So holding each other accountable, I think you have to um, fix where you mess up or fix when you mess up where you mess up. So um, if you do it publicly, you got to, you know, and I know people hate it now. The iOS is the iOS press releases and shit like that. But like if you tweeted some wild shit and you got backlash for it, um, hopefully your homies came to your aid. But like you got to you got to put out the press release on the timeline. Yeah. Uh, if you are, you know, personally or professionally fucking up, man, hopefully you got somebody close to you that can kind of set you down and be like, hey, man, you've been having a lot of erratic behavior lately. Um, let's like let's have a conversation like what's really going on. Somebody that you really like you said, you can really have a conversation with um, starting groups, uh, you know, whether it be text groups, text, you know, group chats, whatever, just like doing check ins um, every once in a while, seeing what's on y'all's to do list. Um, I wish the person who created that top 50 rappers list had a person to talk to because they are obviously insane um, and stuff like that. Like just the conversations in general to where you could essentially be like, hey, are you good? Oh, yeah. It's important, man. And, uh, yeah, as I get older, I re- recognize the importance of that, man. And I think, too, is as important as it is to be that person to reach out and say, hey, are you good? We need to realize, too, that if somebody asks that, it's okay to then open up. Mm-hmm. You don't got to put on the face of, yeah, I'm good, bro. You know, it's, it'll be all right. I'm good. Like, if somebody's reaching out and saying that to you, especially coming from men who aren't really trained to do that, if a man asks you that, they it, it it's it's something that's causing them alarm. Like so and if it is something going on, be be okay to open up. That's where the growth is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It uh if it feels uncomfortable, that's definitely where the growth is. Yeah. That's that's a hundred percent fact, man. Well, Jay, we did it, man. This is a classic. I'm 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 labeling it right now, bro. All right, man. I'm with it. Uh <laughs> for all the ladies that are gonna hear this, uh don't don't mention me. <laughs> just let me do do my thing um but yeah no i appreciate you for reaching out i appreciate you for having me here this was really dope oh man anytime go ahead and tell the people where they can find you before we go oh you can find us everywhere you can find us at pod dealers um it's all spelled out and that's where you can see me tweeting about all the other podcasts that are on the pod dealer network you can also find me at the Just Say Words podcast. Uh, go listen, subscribe, rate, and review. You can also find me tweeting at Just Say Words pod. And you can go buy merch, put on your beautiful bodies. Uh, so go to teespring.com backslash stores backslash words pod. And then tag me when you wear the merch. That way you can go on our website and be in the gallery with all the other beautiful black people. Well, there There's like go. two white people over there that bought merch. Shout out to those two white people. <laughs> man, it's so, it's, so, it's so weird to me, man. Like, when white people find a podcast and they like love it and they like tweet about it, I'm like, it wasn't yeah. all right. Well, fuck more power yeah. to you. Like, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you guys know where you can follow me. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the podcast at the awaken. So pod, make sure you also go and check out the breaks media network.com where you can find this podcast as well as all the lovely black and beautiful podcasts that are part of the network. Again, this has been the awaken. Soul. peace. He is my king, king. is my one, one. Yes, he's my father. Yes, he's my son. I can talk to him because he understands everything I go through and everything I am. He's my support system. I can't live without him. The best thing since sliced bread is his kiss, his hugs, his lips, his touch. And I just want the whole world to know about my black brother I love you and I'll never try to hurt you I want you to know that I'm here for you forever true
Iteration of just say words is a tad bit different. Uh, I never know, man. I never know. I, I've been around long enough, so where I think you've seen a lot of the same things too. Like one week, everybody loving you, then niggas feel a different way. Yeah. <laughs> you like, I don't know where they switched up. <laughs> uh, and then you know, it'd it be whatever. So you know, for me, I'm always trying to stay not necessarily stay neutral, but I'm always like looking out for people. Yeah. Um, and anybody who's moving fast, I always keep an eye on them because I know we ain't trained for fame. Yeah, <laughs> so, that. so that's kind of like the thing I'm like oh shit they moving kind of fast like let me see what they doing so I pay attention a lot to like what's going on out here in the street so like you point Dexter everything they doing in the Midwest um, the stuff we trying to do here and and yeah so I'm always big on like the landscape and it's always changing bro like it, it and it's so funny because it's like um, podcast, and it's not. It's not just like bad ones. There are great podcasts that are literally sure. great that disappear after like twenty episodes. Yeah, no, legit. Uh, I think that's why I started the self care for creatives, man. Because I think it's always good to have that conversation about like the, the thing. I think we never think of as far as like when you start podcasting is like, yo, you got to do it for a minute to really like if you get instant fame in in podcast it's it's not a good look for you like you shouldn't yeah, want it yeah. i remember um listening to combat jack and he was just it, it wasn't ever they didn't have a guest on it was just him talking to like a king like dog we was doing this shit for five years before somebody offered me to come speak at something or they didn't give us no money they would fly us to south by southwest and be like come interview somebody dope we're gonna give you a voucher for like mcdonald's and like a hotel room <laughs> And I'm like, nigga, I get that at my job. Like, the yeah, niggas give yeah. me a fucking food voucher and fly me to a hotel. I, I got to figure out another way. And I think what people do is they get up here. And I think that's I think that's the thing we talked about. Or I think you talked about it, and I talked about it with my homie in that video. Because I think it's about to come out. It's like, if you're really good at something, nobody respects it. Yeah. And the reason why is because you make it look easy. And that's the reason why online niggas talk crazy about parents. They talk crazy about relationships. Because people make that shit look easy and never talk about the ugly shit. Like, Instagram is all wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, and I, yeah, I'll be like, this shit's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because I, I honestly think that's what, like, because when I popped up or came on people's radars, everybody was like, well, you just came out of nowhere. And it's like, y'all didn't see. I was behind the scenes doing mm -hmm. this for a minute. And so... The Waking Soul popped up on your radar. Love, Lust, and Badass Soul popped up on your radar. And in y'all minds, mm -hmm. it's like, how did... Where did he come from? And it's like you I've been perfecting my craft for years before I got to this point. And so yeah. um, and then it's like people are so quick to like they see something in you that they don't have. And rather than try to learn it, they try to tear you down. Yeah. And I don't understand because that's not me. I, I help people. I, I've bought people mics that I ain't even known. You feel me? Like, mm -hmm. and just off the strength of we, there's enough space for us all to win. If I, if I rock with your content, if I rock with you, I, mm -hmm. that's it. You got me. Like I, I got you. And then yeah. like for, for people to see stuff like that and, and get tense about it, it's like, I don't understand that, man. I mean, I think this thing, like it's the thing I constantly talk about. Like whenever I am, I'm interviewed or I talk to people, I'm like for black folks, they always make it like it can only be one. Like it's some last dragon shit. And I'm like, it don't gotta be, it don't gotta be that way. I told my homie that too. He was like, a prime example. So when we started Pod Dealers, um, somebody in the community had came to me and was like, yo, you should start classes. Because like a lot of people will start a podcast, but they don't know what type of mics they need. They don't know what type of shit you need. And at first I felt real iffy about it. Like I didn't want to charge people to come to the class. So we did, like we did them for free. 
and nobody showed up. We showed up like two people showed up. So then we was like, all right, we're going to charge. So I just charged them like stupid. I was like, all right, $15. And I'm going to tell y'all everything y'all need to know to start a podcast. And like, we packed that shit out. That's crazy. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. Cause I was giving this shit away for free for at least a couple months in a row. And nobody showed up. I put $15 on it. People was like, tell me how you do this shit. We had people in there starting like, yo, I'm trying to start a YouTube channel. Like, but it's already people doing makeup. And I was like, do your fucking makeup different. You got a different face. Oh <laughs> shit. That's crazy. I would have never, I exactly. never thought of that. And I was like, dog, do y'all not have friends? Like what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's what I always tell the story of like how to just say words started. Like the, the version, the show you get, the show you're getting is not the show that I planned from jump. It was okay. supposed to be me and my homeboys. It was supposed to be me and my homeboys talking shit every week about video games, movies, pop culture and shit. And then right when everything happened, I bought a fucking brand new MacBook, mics, all the time. Uh, and, you know, I, know I bought mics. I bought a bunch of USB mics. Um, right when that shit happened, the same week, my homie and his girl, they they got engaged. And she, like, she switched on him. Like, nah, you can't hang out no more. Like, be in the crib. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Do your thing. My other homie, uh, him and his girl got pregnant. And then that shit. And I was like, fuck, man. I don't have a show now. Walk, I had like I had the mics in my laptop sitting in my garage for like forever, and then I was out. Some girl was drinking, and I was telling her about podcasting and shit. And she was like, "You should just do it. Just start saying stuff. Just like go up there and start saying words." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> and like a week later, and a week later, we just started doing this shit. And then I didn't even set the stuff up. I did my first like ten episodes off my phone. That's crazy, man. That's wild, bro. Uh, damn. And so, so like, and my my journey into like podcasting for. Most people who listen are gonna listen to this know like I uh I was doing wrestling for a while like wrestling podcast mm-hmm. did that shit for like three yeah. years I just started getting unfulfilled by it like legitimately showing up to doing it it was like bro what am I doing mm-hmm. I, I have so much more to say than this so yeah. it spun out from that but we 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 just kind of got into it listen I, I, I'm saving that that's making the show. <laughs>